How many of you woke up and you were shocked what time it was? I woke up and I could not believe it. And then I thought of that song, Jesus rose from the dead, you can roll out of bed. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> Jesus loved to speak in parables. And Jesus would take simple, everyday, everyday life stories and teach deep spiritual truths from them. And he loved the parable of the sower. He loved talking about seeds because there is such potential in a seed. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a seed. It's like a seed. Now you see in Matthew 13, and we're about to read out of Matthew 13, but in Matthew 13, he taught eight parables. We could say he told eight stories that he made up. He made them up to teach a powerful truth. Six of the eight are in couplets, meaning two in a row would teach on essentially the same thing, same thing, same theme. So he would give a parable and then a second parable that sort of extended or um, expounded on the first one, or it was about the same theme. So they came in couplets. Six of the eight came in couplets, okay? Now, two Sundays in a row, we talked about the first two parables, parable of the sower, a sower went out to sow and he sowed seed on the ground and it went to four different people and had four different results. Then the second one was about the wheat and the weeds. The Lord sows seeds, which are people into the kingdom, into the earth, people who know him, people who have been saved. And that means you, he sows you and me into the world to influence people for the kingdom. That's the second parable. And the devil also sows weeds right next to the wheat. Don't look at your spouse. Look at me. Just kidding. But now today, we're going to look at two parables where he told us how the kingdom of God grows, how it grows numerically, and how it grows within. So we could say how it grows outside, how it grows inside how it grows qualitatively, how it grows quantitatively. So Matthew 13, verse 31, here goes Jesus. He's on a roll. Let's read it. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. And though it's the smallest of all seeds, Yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. So the birds come and perch in its branches. Second parable. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast or leaven that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour or dough until it worked all through the dough. Everybody say mustard seed, leaven. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We pray your blessing on it. Lord, how we need to understand the way the word works, the way the kingdom works, and and how we grow. So, Lord, I pray that as your word goes forth, that, Lord, it'll cause us to grow. You'll give us ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart to truly understand what you are telling us through this parable. Pray with me, church, and say, Lord, today, change my life with this word. I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. Tell your neighbor, the word is working mightily in me. Amen. Now, Jesus is teaching eight parables here. And on this second couplet, the second pair of parables, he's telling us about how the kingdom of God grows. Now, follow me. When you and I were lost, we were in a kingdom. It was a spiritual kingdom, but it was a kingdom nevertheless because the Bible tells us so. It was called the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of the devil. Now, there is no kingdom without a king. If there's, if there's a king, there's a kingdom. If there's no king, there's no kingdom. So we had a king in the kingdom of darkness where we lived. And the king was the devil. And the Bible says we did what he wanted. We served him and we served sin. We had no choice. We were powerless against it. <clears throat> and then amazing grace, how sweet the sound saved a wretch like me. And God invaded the kingdom of darkness that we were in. I don't know about you, but I remember exactly how it happened. Oh, I was in such darkness. And then I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, and that's us. And when I heard the gospel, another kingdom invaded the kingdom of darkness that I was in and knocked on the door of my heart and delivered me from the kingdom of darkness. And I was, according to the Bible, translated or plucked out of the kingdom of darkness and placed into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God's dear son. Amen. So when you and I got saved, we switched kingdoms. And when we switched kingdoms, we switched kings. How many of you are glad you serve King Jesus today? Amen. King Jesus. Come on, give him a hand of praise. Because if, if he had not touched you, we'd all be in a lot of trouble. So we, we were changed from the kingdom of darkness and we were brought into the kingdom of God's dear son. Now, Jesus was always talking about the kingdom of which he is king. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. He, in his parables, he, he always or often started it this way. The kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like that. Now that you're in a brand new kingdom, let me tell you how it operates. Let me tell you how it functions. Let me tell you how it grows. Let me tell you what it looks like. Let me tell you what it produces. If you're in the kingdom of light and you're in the kingdom of God's dear son, it's going to produce in you love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, and faith. If you're in the kingdom of darkness, all you're experiencing is subtraction because sin always takes a greater and makes it a lesser. But God takes a lesser and makes it a greater. The kingdom of God is always evidenced by good things. Wherever the kingdom of God is manifesting, there is healing. There is joy. There is peace. There is deliverance. There is liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is growth. There is fruit bearing where the kingdom of God is operating. So in these parables, Jesus is telling us, new citizens of the kingdom of God, how it grows. Amen. And so in these two parables, he's letting us know how it grows externally 
and how it grows internally. And he said, the external is measured by the mustard seed that becomes a great tree. The internal is like leaven that is placed into dough and it eventually grows and permeates the entire loaf. And, And what he wants us to know is this. When the kingdom of God is in a thing, when God is in a thing, it's going to grow and you can't stop it. It's going to grow and you can't stop it. So I want to look at the two types of growth. I'm going to just share with you these parables and, and open them up for us today. First, he said, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. How many of you are citizens of the kingdom of heaven? Raise your hand. You know that when Jesus comes, you're going up. Amen. All right, if you're a member of the kingdom of heaven, he says, let me tell you how it grows externally, how it grows numerically. The mustard seed is about the external growth of the church because both the mustard seed and the leaven are pictures of the church, the growth of the church. And so the external growth of the church is compared to a mustard seed. Now, Jesus never wasted a word. He knew exactly what he was saying. When he used the example of a mustard seed, he knew exactly what he was talking about and he did it on purpose. He said, it's about like a mustard seed that is so tiny, yet it will grow to a great tree. Jesus knew that a mustard seed is so small that if you were holding a mustard seed in your hand and you dropped it on the ground, you might not be able to find it. Let me show you a mustard seed. There it is. Now, everybody say, that's little. Now, Jesus, who made the mustard seed, because everything created flowed through his fingertips, he made the mustard seed. He said, let me tell you what, the kingdom of God begins this way. God working in you begins this way. How are we born again? We are saved by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. The seed is sown. What's the seed? It's the gospel. And when it is sown into our hearts and we repent and turn to Christ, the kingdom of God in you and me starts, put it back up there, just like that. Jesus said, it starts just like that. The things of God start just like that. He says, so when you first see it, it looks inconspicuous. It looks like nothing. It it looks like no big deal. You're not impressed when you see it. But Jesus said, that's what the kingdom of God starts like. And yet, even though the mustard seed is one of the smallest of all seeds, it grows into a plant that can reach 10 to 15 feet high. There's a mustard seed tree. There's a mustard seed tree. And so it goes from that tiny, inconspicuous little seed into a great tree like that. Now, can you go back to the seed for just a moment? Let me just show you something. That's you when you first get saved. Now go back to the tree. That's you when God's done with you. Amen. Come on, everybody. Yeah. Jesus said, the kingdom you have been translated into is just like that. And so with the mustard seed, he's talking about how the church will grow numerically. It will grow exponentially. It will grow quantitatively. And he's letting us know you can't stop it. And finally, the church 
becomes so large that the birds of the air land in the branches and build their nests in it. In other words, the church provides covering and blessing and comfort to people all over the world. The Lord is letting us know that no matter how defeated the church may look at times, it's going to flourish just like this mustard tree. He said the kingdom of heaven is like this. Once the kingdom of heaven is planted in something, in a person, in the church, then then nothing is going to stop its growth. It's going to grow and keep on growing and keep on growing. Think about it. When Jesus first began his ministry, he started walking down the seashore of the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two brothers, Simon and Andrew, and they were casting their nets. And Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, who had a charisma and a magnetism that we cannot imagine, he was not a looker. He wasn't a Hollywood looker. He was not classically handsome. He did not look like the pictures we always see of him. Long blonde hair, looks like a hippie with blue eyes, a beard, handsome Hollywood. No, no, he didn't look like that at all. Isaiah said, there is no beauty naturally that we would desire him. But Jesus had a grace on him and a power on him and, and, and a, a, a something about him that all he had to say to these two brothers was, follow me, follow me. And they laid down their nets and they laid down their livelihood and they said goodbye to their parents and to their home and to their wives and to familiar surroundings. They left everything, left it laying right there and began to follow a total stranger. And Jesus looks at you and me and he says, follow me and I'll make you to become something you would never have been had you not followed me. I'll make you to become fishers of men. I'll change you. And so here's two. His ministry grew by two. Now he's two. Got two followers. Mustard seed. He goes down the seashore. He sees two more brothers, James and John. They're mending their nets. It's kind of cool to me. It always has been that Peter and Andrew were casting the net. And Peter ended up being an evangelist casting the net. And John and James were mending the net. And John ended up being a a mender of relationships in the church of God. But he said to them, follow me. And they left everything and they began to follow him. Now he's got four. And then Jesus kept walking and he called more. And then he had 12. And the 12 followed him here and there, everywhere that he went. Where he slept, they slept. Where he went, they went. They listened to him, watched him do miracles. And then one day he called 70 together. And now it's gone from 12 to 70. And he sent 70 out. And he said, go heal the sick and cast out devils. And they did. And they came back rejoicing. And Jesus said, don't rejoice that the devils were subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. Yeah. And then the 70 were following him around. And then the Bible says that one day a great crowd was following Jesus and uh, they were hungry. And Jesus said, give me what you have. And they gave him five loaves of bread and two fish. And he multiplied it. And he fed 5,000, so he goes from 2 to 4 to 12 to 70 to 5,000. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It begins small, but in that seed of the kingdom of God that is in every one of you is locked into that seed, locked into that seed. 
is everything God's got for your life. Your entire destiny is locked up in that seed because that seed is the seed of the kingdom of God. And as it grows in you, as it grows in you, the potential is unimaginable. Look at a forest, any forest, and know that it began with one acorn. The power of a seed. Jesus knew the power of a seed. He sped 5,000. Then he was killed, crucified, buried, and rose from the dead. 120 of his followers are gathered together in an upper room. And the Bible says that the Spirit of God fell. And Simon Peter, who had been a coward, who had hidden behind locked doors, who was afraid of being arrested and suffering, stood up full of the Holy Ghost and power and preached the first gospel message. And in one fell swoop, 3,000 people were added to the kingdom of God and the mustard seed grew into a tree. And then one chapter later, 5,000 more were saved. And if you track the growth of the church down through time, it is amazing how it has grown, how it has flourished, how it has grown into an innumerable multitude. One thing we learn from this parable is that what God does starts in seed form. One little seed idea, one little seed vision, one little seed handful of people, one little bit of money, one little humble surrounding, that which is not, things you would never expect God to do anything with, people who have been written off, people that nobody would pick to do anything great. There you were in darkness, living in sin, and God sent his grace and drew you out and called you from death to life, lost to found, blind to sight. And he laid his hand on you. And now look what has been happening to you. You started out little, insignificant, no count. And now a great king of a great kingdom has caused you to flourish and to grow. No wonder Paul wrote, God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify, to nullify the things that are so that nobody can boast in his presence. I am what I am by the grace of God. You are what you are by the grace of God. Any way that I look like Jesus, talk like Jesus, it's by the grace of God. I didn't bring myself out of death into life. He did. Nobody can call you out of the death of sin, but the son of God, the resurrection and the life. And he calls you out into his marvelous light. This is how Jesus' kingdom grew from small and insignificant to mighty and unstoppable. I love what one writer said about the kingdom of God and how it grew. I got to read it to you. He said, it was a religion which seemed at first so feeble and helpless and powerless that it could not live. Its first founder was one who was poor in this world and ended his life by dying the death of a criminal on a cross. Its first preachers were a few fishermen and publicans who were most of them unlearned and ignorant men. 
Its first starting point was a despised corner of the earth called Judea, a petty little province amidst great massive Rome. Its first movements as it began to move and sort of try to have an impact brought down on its followers persecution from all quarters. If ever there was a religion which was a little grain of seed at its beginning, that religion was Christianity. But the progress of the gospel after the seed was once cast into the earth was great and steady and continuous. The grain of mustard seed grew into a great tree. In spite of persecution, opposition, and violence, Christianity gradually spread and increased. Year after year, its adherents became more numerous. Year after year, idolatry withered away before it. City after city and country after country received the new faith. Church after church was formed in almost every quarter of the world. Preacher after preacher rose up and missionary after missionary came forward to fill the place of those who died. And in a few hundred years, the religion of the despised Nazarene had overrun the civilized world. It began as a seed. And I love what John the Revelator saw. God gave him a vision of the last of time. When this world is wrapping up and the age of grace is finished, and Jesus Christ has returned. And he looked into the future by the Spirit of God and said, I saw a great multitude that no one could even count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. John said, how is all this going to end? What began as a little mustard seed in the palm of God's hand is going to be a great tree with so many redeemed in it, you can't count them. Amen. Come on, everybody. Praise God. So that's the parable of the mustard tree. So everybody say the church is going to grow. Oh, right now it's growing in China. It's growing all through Asia. And you know what? So many Muslims are being born again because the Spirit of God is appearing to them. Jesus is appearing to them, and they're being saved. People are being brought into the kingdom by the masses. As I preach right now, the kingdom of God is growing, the church is growing, and the devil can't stop it, and man can't stop it, and circumstances can't stop it. Jesus said it's going to grow. But now we come to the leaven. The leaven's not about the external growth of the church. It's about the internal growth of the church. So the first one was quantitative, the quantity of the church. But this one is qualitative, the quality of the church. How the kingdom of God will grow in you and me. Listen to what Jesus said. To what shall I compare the kingdom of God of which you're now a part? It's like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. Now watch this. Jesus is telling us this. Leaven is a substance placed in dough that causes it uh, to rise and expand. It's what makes a loaf of bread rise and expand. It is leaven. It is, it is put into the dough. And when it's first put into the dough, it's insignificant compared to the dough. But the idea is it eventually grows and expands and permeates the entire loaf of bread. Jesus is telling us that 
the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. We can call it heaven's leaven. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. And you are the dough. And it's sown into you. Heaven's leaven is this. You hear the gospel. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Inherent in that gospel is God's power to save you. And it goes into your spirit and you repent. And you say, Jesus, I've heard the gospel. Please forgive me and come into my heart as Savior and Lord. And when you pray that prayer, he does come into your heart. He comes into your heart by the Holy Spirit. So you've got heaven's leaven. Here's heaven's leaven, the word of God, the Holy Spirit, and he gives you a brand new nature. If any man be in Christ, any woman be in Christ, they are a brand new person. Old things are passed away and all has become new. What happens when you get saved? Heaven's leaven is injected, placed into the dough of your life. Watch this now. I love this other definition of leaven. Here's what it says. Leaven is a pervasive influence that transforms something for the better. Here's what Jesus is telling us. When you and I get saved, heaven's leaven comes to live inside of us. Heaven's leaven comes into us. Heaven's leaven is placed into the dough of our life. The spirit of God, the word of God, and a new nature is the way God invades the dough of our life with heaven's leaven. And once we're saved, that leaven begins to daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, slowly, but surely permeate the whole life. Amen. See, Christianity is not saying, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to expect these ru- or, or accept these rules and regulations of Christianity. I'm not given a, a, some kind of a rule book to live by. No, 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 no. Heaven, uh, heaven comes into our lives. Christianity is a supernatural transformation. It's not rehabilitation. It's transformation. And it comes to live inside of us. Heaven's leaven comes to live inside of us. And God's intention is that by the end of our days, we look like Jesus, talk like Jesus, think like Jesus, walk like Jesus, love like Jesus, act like Jesus. When people meet us, they remind me of Jesus. Everybody say heaven's leaven. God wants the kingdom of God to permeate our entire life. And so here's the way that it works. Let me give you an example. When a person is saved through the seed of the word of God, sown into their heart, the Holy Ghost comes to live inside of them. And once you're saved, the leaven of heaven is now mixed with the dough of your life. And that's when the transformation begins. Little by little, heaven's leaven will influence your conscience, your affections, your thoughts, your will, what you love, what you hate. The whole person begins to come under the influence of heaven's leaven. You begin to experience a new love for people. You used to hate people or be prejudiced or whatever, but now there's a whole new love. Your desire for God that was never there before, but now you want to please him. 
You want to walk with him. You want to get to know him. You have a brand new spiritual hunger. Give me that word. Give me that word. I want to hear that word because I want to be fed in my inner man. Because now that heaven's leaven is working in me, it is leavening the whole lump. It is taking over my whole life. It is changing what I love, what I hate, what my motivations, my desire, my vision, my worldview. It's changing everything about me. Day by day, week by week, month by month, heaven's leaven is working. There's that old song, the word of God is working mightily in me. The word of God is working mightily in me. Can I tell you that if you're a child of God, you know what Jesus said? If if heaven's leaven is in you by the Holy Spirit, a new nature, the word of God, then you are going to be transformed and the devil can't stop it. Man can't stop it. Circumstances can't stop it. Trials can't stop it. Tribulation can't stop it. Setbacks can't stop it. Losing your job can't stop it. Physical problems can't stop it. Come on, everybody, say with me, I'm gonna grow. Say it again, I'm gonna grow. I think one of the great evidences of somebody truly saved is the way their desires begin to change. Now suddenly I want to pray. I never wanted to pray before, but now I want to pray. I want to get into the word. I want to go to church and get around God's people. I've got joy. I've got peace of mind. And I didn't have to smoke anything, pop anything, shoot anything, drink anything to get it. There is a growing distaste that comes as the leaven permeates the whole life and begins to expand and take over and influence every aspect of your being, your money, your sexuality, your morals, your ethics, the way you view people, the way you view yourself. Once heaven's leaven is working in you, you realize by faith, I'm not a product of evolution. I'm a product of God. I'm a creation of God. And I see myself completely differently now. And I don't look at the world and say, look what evolution hath wrought. No, I look at the world now and say, look what God has done. The heavens declare the glory of God. The the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day, they utter speech. Night after night, they show forth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. The heavens declare not the glory of evolution, but the glory of God. The message here is that if you're a true child of God, you're going to grow into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And nothing is going to be able to stop it. All that God requires of us, it's simple. Abide in me and let my words abide in you. And as you do that, then the Bible promises you will bear much fruit. And heaven's leaven will continue to take over your life. How many of you can say, I'm not what I'm going to be, but I guarantee you I'm not what I used to be. And what made that change in your life? You didn't do that by a New Year's resolution. It didn't come by turning over a new leaf. It didn't come by self-help or self-improvement. No, we're talking about God invaded you with heaven's leaven, and it's beginning to change you, and it'll change you till the day you go home to be with Jesus. Amen?
want you to stand with me today, would you? It's simple for heaven's leaven to work. How many of you can say, I want heaven's leaven to keep on working in me and change me? Come on, lift your hand. Is that the desire of your heart? I say, Jesus, I can't make myself be like you. I can't do it. But just hanging on the tree of Jesus, that is abiding in the vine, fruit doesn't have to do anything but hang there. Seriously. And whatever is in the tree is in the fruit. So you could say we're just hanging around. You know, we're just hanging around. Every day that I get into the Word, and, and I do every day, I'm just for, because I know I've got to do it and because I want to do it, um, I'm just abiding in Him. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you want, and it'll be done for you, that my Father may be glorified. Just hanging around, hanging there. I saw a limb in my backyard this week. Somehow it fell off. It was knocked down or something in that wind. And it was alive. It, it had buds on it and and it, it bent. It didn't snap. It bent. It was alive. And if I didn't know better, I'd say, this limb's okay, even though it's not attached to the tree anymore. It's okay. Look, it's fine. But I know better. I know it's only a matter of time before the leaves wilt. The green sap turns brittle. And that branch dies. Listen, it was dead when it fell off. It was doomed. I can't put it back in. So there's some Christians, they, they walk away. They get out of church. They get out of prayer. They kind of go out there in the world. For a while, they look okay. They look green to me. They're saying, hallelujah, praise the Lord, kumbaya, this, that, and the other. But watch them for a while. They'll start wilting, withering, because we must abide daily in the vine. Amen? And, if, and as we do, heaven's leaven, everybody say heaven's leaven, is going to permeate all of me. Amen. Can we go to the Lord? Say, Jesus, thank you. I give my life to you that heaven's leaven would flow in me. In Jesus' name, let it flow, Lord. Amen. I believe God heard that prayer. Amen. Can we thank him today? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, we have a couple of announcements. Um, if any of you are singers, the worship team is doing auditions on March 14th. Do we have some male singers? Male singers, please, male singers. Please, please. we need some male singers as well as female. How many male singers in here? Oh, we got to have more oh, than that. Okay. Oh, this is terrible. We got to have more than that. Okay. 
But okay, but sign up March 14th is the audition. We're and getting then, into the place. We don't even care if you make a joyful noise. We we need male singers. We'll just pull your mic down. We just need you up. No, I'm. Go ahead. And then we're doing um, we're doing the Hills uh, Women's Ministry is doing a fundraiser, movie, and a dinner night. We would be so blessed if you come March 27th. Outside in the north lobby, we've got a couple ladies out there that will sign you up today. Uh, you can also go online. All the details are in our TPC Times magazine. All right. Wednesday night, we're in Hebrews chapter 6. Uh, we had a bad weather night last Wednesday night. Some of you couldn't make it because of the weather, and I don't blame you. But I dealt with once saved, always saved, and all of that. And I'm going to be on it again Wednesday night. So we'd love to have you for church. You can have a great meal uh, before coming in to eat spiritual food with us. All right? Amen. And so let me bless you, Father. Thank you for the people of God. Lord, help us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus. Thank you that you're working in us to will and to do of your good pleasure in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.